0: hey what up fam it's your boy norm this is and i'd like to welcome you to episode 76 of the evangelical norm so today i want to talk about um there's a missionary named john allen chow and i'm gonna read a little bit about him and kind of discuss because there's some some issues with this and and i talked to uh, briefly about him in uh today's um persecuted church awareness month video and just the basics the fact that he's a missionary and he was killed um on the north sentinel island by some members uh, doesn't didn't say how many or anything, but by members of the Sentinelese tribe, which is apparently an unreached people's group. Um, they have been uninfluenced by outside anything outside of their own tribe forever. So, uh, this young man decided he wanted to go and share the gospel with them, and it cost him his life. So, let me just read a little bit. Uh, I'm going to read part of this article from ABC News. So, I mean, if you're convinced that ABC is fake news, uh, so be it. But uh, I just want to talk a little bit and read part of it. The American missionary who was killed by an isolated tribe on North Sentinel Island detailed his attempts to convert the tribal members to Christianity in his final diary entries before his death. In photos obtained by ABC News of the photojournal entries by John Allen Chow before his death, he writes to his family telling them, You guys might think I'm crazy in all this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. Chow, 26, a native of Washington, allegedly bribed fishermen in the area of the Andaman and Nicobar Islands to take him close to the island where he set off with a kayak to make contact with the tribe. The Sentinelese people have no contact with outsiders and have lived the same way for thousands of years. It is illegal for outsiders to make contact with the tribe. The seven fishermen who accepted money from Chow to take him to the island have been arrested. South Andaman Senior Superintendent of Police Vijay Singh told ABC News. The 26-year-old missionary and graduate of Oral Roberts University, a Christian university in Tulsa, Oklahoma, makes evident by some of his final writings that he knew the dangers he was undertaking. The Andaman and Nicobar Islands are part of India, though they are located closer to the west coast of Myanmar across the Bay of Bengal. Chow, who authorities say arrived on the island chain in mid-October, wrote about attempts to make contact with the Sentinelese after landing on the off-limits island. In an entry dated November 16th, he said that he was riding while on the fishing boat in a cove in the southwest part of North Sentinel Island. He wrote of making initial contact with the tribe and having to flee for his life. Chow's handwriting is often hard to read in the diary pages, but parts can be made out. And there's some pictures of the pages. Um, He does finish uh, the letter with Soli Deo Gloria, which... um, is cool uh, so the uh, quote the Islander saw that uh, saw that and blocked my exit quote unquote he wrote discussing the first time he ran across tribal members quote one blocked while others uh, something one blocked unarmed while others armed with knife um, so they blocked his exit he said he quote preached a bit of that to them starting in Genesis unquote One of the tribe members shot me with an arrow, quote, shot me with an arrow directly into my Bible, which I was holding in front of my chest, unquote, Chow wrote, saying he broke off the arrow on page 453 of the book of Isaiah. I stumbled back and recalled yelling at the tribe member for shooting me. He wrote that he ran away with tribe members chasing him and, quote, had to swim about a mile back to the boat at the mouth of the cove, unquote. Chow repeatedly came back to his faith in pursuing the tribe members. Uh, this is not a pointless thing, Chow wrote. Quote, the eternal lives of this tribe is at hand, unquote. And he would not return the fishing boat after that final in- entry on November. He would not return to the fishing boat after that final entry on November 16th, though. On November 17th, one day after his last journal entry, Fishermen saw the tribe members on the beach burying a body they believed was chow, based on the, quote, silhouette of the body, clothing, and circumstances, unquote, Deependra Pathak, director of India's Andaman and Nicobar Police, said in a statement. Quote, I love you all, and I pray none of you love anything in this world more than Jesus Christ, unquote, he wrote at the end of the diary entry from November 16th. Chow's body has been yet to be recovered from the island, and authorities are unsure of when and if they will be able to do so. So there's a little bit of the the background story on John Chow. And the trip to the Sentinelese uh, tribe, the North Sentinel Island, which cost him his life. So there's a couple of reasons why I wanted to talk about this. I mean, we hear about this all the time. I spend an entire month every year Um, going through story after story after story of christian missionaries christian converts who are killed in islamic countries and indian countries uh by hindus by buddhists by muslims by government authorities we see these stories all the time it's it's nothing new but why why talk about this one in particular and what struck me about this one is the fact that and i couldn't find the tweets but i know i've seen them So I'm not going to name the names because I can't prove it, but uh, because I can't find the tweets again. I don't know if they've been deleted or what. But there are a few um, pseudo-well-known, one very uh, well-known quote-unquote Christian, and a couple of others that are a little less... uh, well known but still excuse me pretty prevalent in the Christian community uh, followers on Twitter have some pretty influential uh, social media influence. Uh, so we'll put it that but the the things that they were saying about him now however you feel about Oral Roberts University and some people don't, you know, it's it's pretty Pentecostal. Most people don't really buy into a lot of what has taught been taught uh, at Oral Roberts University. So, whether you know, I don't know what how his beliefs were. I don't know if he was very Pentecostal. I don't know if he was oneness. I don't know if he was a modalist. I don't know anything. All I know about this man is he wanted to go to this tribe. And preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've seen atheists and other groups who were saying that, you know, this is all a, a ploy to to bring in the, the, the second coming of Jesus. And and granted, yeah, it, it's uh, the, there are people that still need to hear the gospel. And when the last Gentile hears the gospel, then Jesus is going to return. Um, the last Gentile that God desires and God has drawn and God has elected. Here's the gospel. That's when Jesus will return. So, whether or not his intentions of going to the North Sentinel Islands, to the Sentinelese tribe, was because he was trying to usher in the uh, second coming of Christ, I don't know if that was his motive. I mean, again, he ended his letter with Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Um, I have to imagine that. At this point, well, all I can all I can say is it seems as though his motives were simply to preach the gospel. Now, but coming back to the, the Christians that have made comments on this that I've seen on Twitter and so on, there are a few Christians that really, I was taken aback at how they responded in anger towards this man and saying that, he should have left these people alone. He broke laws. Now, granted, there are laws saying you can't go to these islands and you're supposed to leave these tribes alone. But, um, again, we come back to the thing of, you know, who, what law do we abide by? Do we abide by the law of God or the law of man? Jesus gave us a great commission. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. And this young man seemed to be trying to fulfill that. And, you know, Again, we saw where the government authorities and the the Jewish authorities told uh, John and, and Peter and them not to preach the gospel, preach about Jesus anymore, not to speak this name. And they said, you know, we we can't not do this. We can't obey what you're telling us to do because we have another mandate of what we're supposed to do. But I'm seeing Christians who are essentially saying that we need to ignore god's mandate the great commission and if these people want to be left alone then we want need to leave them alone and and if there are laws against it then we have to obey those laws um and that's just not how the gospel works it's not i mean i can't i cannot in any way shape or form be mad at this kid for going and doing what he did um was it wise maybe not uh he knew i mean he knew the danger he was getting into you know i always talk about uh i remember with columbine and there are books have been written about two of the girls Cassie Bernall and Rachel Scott and it's gone back and forth of who was the first one to to say yes or to say no or whatever it is but essentially they were they were given a choice The Klebold and Harris, as they went through on their murdering spree, apparently were asking some of the kids if they believed in God. And the book about, I believe the book about Cassie Bernal is called She Said Yes. And so, um, again, it's been an argument of which one was the first one to say it. And one of the things that occurred to me as I thought about it, and this is just my thoughts, that it's actually the, the the fight should be for who said it if you really want to bolster the uh, reputation or something of these girls. I mean, both of them were martyred. We'll leave it at that. But, you know, it seems to be the like this competition to see who was, oh, who, who said it first, who was, you know, the holiest or the most righteous. Or I don't know. But it just, as I watched this, and it's been years... As I watched these things that unfolded, it just seemed like there was a competition to um, indicate who is the more righteous of these two girls, or the more more holy, by who said yes first when they were asked, "Do you believe in God?" But here's the the thing: it's actually the higher honor, I guess, if there is any to be given, if we're going to look at this. And I, I'm again, I'm, I'm looking at this as a fool in a foolish state, as Paul would say. I'm speaking like a fool. Um, to to try to compare or to elevate one over the other is is not a Christian thing to do. it's it's a it's really honestly a shameful thing. But if I put myself in that position where people had been,, uh, it's actually the second girl that would would gain human honor in that because the first girl, whoever it was, when the question was asked, do you believe in God? Well, there's a 50-50 shot going on here. If she says yes, which to her credit, she did, whichever one it was, they both said yes. And that's, you know, and they both lost their lives. But the first one to say yes, in her mind, there, there's a 50-50 shot. Either these guys are going to let me go because I say I believe in God. Or they're going to kill me because there's no the outcome at this point is not known so the first girl says yes Harris or Klebold or whichever one pulls the trigger and ends her life then walks to the next girl and says do you believe in God now the second girl has 100% knowledge and a surety that when she says yes, her life is going to end. There is no other option at this point and she knows and yet still she said yes. So you know again, you can come back in that situation that the scenario to the same thing that that uh, Chow is in because, He had gone to this island once, had been shot at with an arrow. Miraculously, the arrow went into his Bible that he was holding it near his chest. um, Stopped 400 some pages into the Bible in the book of Isaiah. Not that there's any significance. But when he went back, he had to be pretty assured of the fact that this was not going to end well. And in his letter, he made that very clear that he didn't think he was going to come back off of this island. But yet his desire to share the gospel with these people was great enough that he was willing to lay down his life. Why? Why? You know, again, and there's a reason why, and I'm saying why coming from from a, a I don't know, rhetorical, hypo I don't know what I'm trying to say, but um, because... These people are destined for hell. If they don't hear the gospel and have the opportunity to repent and put their faith in Christ, they are going to go to hell. And out of and I can't I can't imagine that he's motivated by anything other than love to at least share the gospel with somebody there, to see someone in this tribe saved. And so he went back and it cost him his life and i have watched christians tear this man down posthumously by saying he was stupid by saying he was uh, you know he was criminal he was arrogant he was all kinds of things have been said because he would dare go talk to these people who don't want to be bothered who don't want but again the there's an ignoring of the great commission Jesus didn't say go and make disciples of all nations except for the ones that don't want to hear it. He he's very clear. Go and make disciples of all nations. So what you get are you're gonna get some that are arguing, well, India, the nation there, has heard it. These particular people haven't, but the rest of them have. So that fulfills it. No. That's not what Jesus said. And to see People who are considered Christians now in this group, there's a couple of them that at least one specific that I would not consider Christian in any way. I would consider this person to be a heretic, a false teacher, um, and so I would expect this from this kind of reaction to uh, posthumously chastise a missionary. For going with the sole desire of preaching the gospel and seeing people saved. I would expect it from, from this one particular person. But some of the other ones, I was completely taken aback. That these people that I consider pretty solid in their faith would... Uh, deprecate, I guess is is the, the word I'm looking the the character and um, reputation of this man who, who gave his life with a desire to preach the gospel and to see people say that, that he should have never gone. If you are under the belief that there are certain groups of people who we should not share the gospel with, you don't understand the gospel. And that's what the bottom line is. And that's what it ultimately comes down to is anyone who would criticize or now again i mean and you can say it's not wise you can say you know he didn't think about his family or any of these other things but this this young man wanted to share the gospel and he was willing to give his life to do it and it may not have been wise it may not have been safe it may have been illegal um He may have bribed people and caused them to be arrested. But I fall into a camp that the gospel needs to be preached by any means necessary. I'm willing to be put in handcuffs and go to jail. And ultimately, I I would say that, I mean, I've never been put in the situation. And I hope, here's what I'll say, I hope. I will be willing to lay down my life to preach the gospel when and if the time comes. You know, there are people who are saying this young man is not a martyr. I disagree. I think this young man is going to be, along with all the other martyrs, under that altar that it talks about in in Revelation. They say, when? When, Lord? When are we going to be avenged? I firmly believe this young man is going to be there in a white robe calling out when when are you going with, to withdraw your, your common grace over these people when when are you going to come and and avenge us essentially and I really actually I'm live uh, I'm going to find the verse because I, I don't want to butcher it the way that I have and I want to read it in its entirety um So, give me just one quick moment while we search here. Revelation 6, and we're going to read, it's verse 9, but we're going to read, um, We'll start at verse nine. When he opened the fifth sill, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true. How long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. So as I read about this young man, no matter what personal thoughts I have, you know, you know whatever criticisms I could possibly have and I I honestly have none, but obviously there are other Christians out there who have plenty. Um, and I, one, I don't think they under, truly understand the gospel if they're going to criticize this young man being willing to lay down his life to preach the gospel. To an unreached people group. That have never heard it. That need to be able to repent. And put their trust in Christ. Or else they're going to be. They're going to hell. And this young man. Walked out onto that beach. Multiple times. To meet these tribal tribe members. And it cost him his life. And. That makes him a martyr. I believe that. That puts him. Firmly within the uh, the context of this this section of scripture, and I think um, I don't I don't think I think those who think we should withhold the gospel from certain people groups because they don't want to hear it don't know what the gospel is, and so yeah, um, you know, pray for this young man's family. I'm pray for somebody again to be willing to do what he did to take step into where he was to go back to preach to these these people to share the gospel with these people and it'll have to be somebody who at like the second girl will know that going to this island is likely to cost them their lives but the gospel is worth it. To, to provide for them the the good news that Jesus died and paid the penalty for their sin is well worth laying down your life. And, you know, I I preach in places like the LDS Temple on 25th Street in Ogden um, with people when I can within the confines of work. Um, which has become a little bit different uh, at being in a managerial position you can't do that as much as I used to um, but when the conversation comes up I don't withhold what I believe but yet I've never been put in a I've never even been put in a position where I was physically in any physical danger um, at do in doing that in sharing the gospel I just some I've had some people very very angry with me but I've never any, had anybody attempt to assault me in any way and far from anybody who has attempted to take my life because of the gospel that I share so I'm impressed with this young man I'm 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 glad to see I mean I'm I'm sad that his family has lost him I'm sad that he he's not going to you know, go on in, in this life and father children or any of those things. But right now, I'm firmly in the belief that he's he's with the Lord. Um, he's under this altar. Now again, Oral Roberts University, maybe there were some some bad teachings or something, and maybe he didn't know. I don't know. But I have to I have to go with my gut. You know, I never I'm never willing to talk poorly about the dead. Um, even those that I know went to their grave without Christ this is a young man that I just don't know the the state of where he was but with what he was willing to do I have to I have to be at least leaning towards the fact that he was truly saved and he truly wanted to preach the gospel to these people and so we pray and we mourn with those who mourn we mourn with his family and we praise God that, that he sent somebody willing to die to share the gospel with the North Sentinelese people, which just shows how much God loves them. And we pray that someone else will go and that maybe the next one will will be able to infiltrate. I mean, I've seen guys that are willing, Johnny Hayes, uh, willing to go out there and move to the Middle East with nothing and just go because he, he wants to preach and who's now translating the Bible into the to Turkmen language. You know, it's amazing what some people will do out of their faith and love for Christ and what he did for them in response. So there you have it. If uh, if you're one of those Christians who is criticizing this young man, saying that he never should have gone because of the those people and never should have broke the laws and, and it was unwise or, you know, Go back and look at the gospel and see if it's something that is worthwhile. Go back and look at where where John and, and, and the apostles refused to obey man's law because it's superseded by God's law, which is the mandate, the Great Commission, to go and preach the gospel. We never renounce or we never withhold the name of Christ because the people don't want to hear it. Jesus drew us. God drew us to Christ. He was not a gentleman about it. Um, he chose, he elected, he drew us. and he sends those to places like this where lives can be lost for the sake of the gospel because of his desire that none should perish, that all would hear the good news. And we need to get to that business of we need to get to the business of going out and saving souls more and more and more and you may be the one that that's, feels like you're drawn to go back to the North Sentinel Islands and I pray for your safety when you do and I pray for God to be glorified whether you get to preach the gospel and see souls saved or if you end up with John Allen Chow underneath an altar crying out to Christ when will you avenge our blood when will we be avenged Consider it. Thanks for hanging out. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words that are necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria.